What's up, man? What's up with you? I talked to Bud earlier. For real? Yeah. You good? Yes, sir. What's up, babe? Sounds good. Them cats fight at 135, but they hit you 18 times before you quick, get one off. Real quick. <laughs> you watch football? Shit, I stopped. I ain't gonna lie. No disrespect to y'all. Right, nah, but that shit been kind of looking rigged sometimes. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so you think football looks more rigged than boxing? But I guess because I'm in I'm in it. Yeah. So it was one Super Bowl I seen. Uh, I want to say the Seahawks played the Patriots. The Patriots? And at the end of the game, they had Marshawn Lynch, and they decided to throw the ball. Yeah. And they, they was done for me right there. <laughs> <laughs> it was over. I couldn't what believe it. Yeah, that's our dude, Sean. Yeah. T just was on Club Shay Shay, and he talked about it. He said he laughed at Pete Carroll. He was like, he looked in the face and laughed at him like, God damn, you don't think I can get a yard? But that changed that whole legacy, though, of that team. Yeah, yeah. It did. Because if they win that one, you got two. I hung yeah. it up right there. I said, nah, I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. Some had to be going on. Hold up. Limitless, take a semi cap pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless, take a semi cap pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Welcome to the pivot, Shakur. We got my boy Chan, Freddie T. I'm RC. I'm excited to sit down with you. I think we just start right away. Man, you're from Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, I'm there often. I uh, lived in Jersey for a couple of years. There's a lot of things there, bro, that could get to you or you could get into that could derail you from a dream. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Your grandfather said, man, he watched you shadow box yeah. at a young age watching Tuesday night fights. Yeah. You know, you always said you wanted to be a champion. How were you able to navigate those streets, bro, and stay focused on the goal of becoming an Olympian and from that point becoming a champion? I think it strictly got to do with passion. I want to say my passion kind of um, took over as a kid. My love for the sport of boxing took over, and I always wanted to be better than what I was. And I continued to chase that from like a young kid um, to this day till now. So. Um, my passion kind of kept me away from uh, doing things that I didn't want to do. And I ended up doing all the things that I wanted to do as far as uh, boxing and chase my dreams. Like RC's talking about, that fight of being great. Like, it, it's easy, it, it's cool, cool to say, yeah. I want to be great. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I want to be great. And then as you move up and you start seeing it, you start whooping, really whooping dudes' asses that want to be great as well. Yeah. And then you become what you are. Why do we need to talk to you about what you do? Because I'm a winner at the end of the day. I've been um, winning my whole life. Like I said, my passion for the sport of boxing, my love for the sport of boxing. Um, I'm not one of them fighters that's going to tell you I don't want to box for the rest of my life. And I want to box as long as I could because I love the sport of boxing. So the the moment I stop liking and loving the sport is when I'll be done. But as of like right now, I can't think about no retirement. I can't think about none of that stuff because I want to be one of the greatest. I want at the end of my legacy to say, I put myself in the history books as one of the greatest fighters to ever do it. And honestly, I'm competing with Floyd. I, I remember Floyd said something where he said, uh, there will never be another fighter like me ever again. So uh, I understand his confidence and I love it, but I want to I wanna compete. I want to compete with what he said. I want to try to show him that there will be a fighter that can come here and, and take over and the throne and do all the things that you've done and more. One of my Florida boys, another legend, uh, Roy Jones. 
just saw a video he made on ESPN Ringside where he said, what's wrong with boxing is everybody's scared to lose. And you don't want to win because you're scared to lose. If you don't fight the best, then you can't, you'll never have an opportunity to be great. And the other part of that was you want to be the best, you got to take that test. If you don't take that test, you can't claim or profess to be the best. Why are people scared to fight you? I done been in the ring with a lot of fighters. Like I done been in the gyms and got to spar with fighters. And I think the thing is fighters talk. You'll know like who the best and who not the best when you um, go in them gyms. And it may be a fighter there that may have seen me spar somebody that they thought was good and I probably done some things to them. Uh, I think it just come down to um, fighters, rather than wanting to challenge themselves, uh, they feel as though um, the best thing is to do is to keep they also. A lot of people would rather um, fight somebody else rather than fight me. You're always professional, for sure, but that's not your entire story. You were a young man who dreamed of going to the Olympics because yeah. someone you admire, Andre Ward, yeah. was at least coming up on your time of getting an opportunity, was the last to win a Olympic gold, gold medal. medal. Yeah. You know, and you get this opportunity in Rio and you get outpointed in a split decision. What was that feeling like for you, man? Having that dream, getting to that point of the Olympics where you wanted to be a step away from the gold and then to fall a little bit short. Man, that moment was so crazy. Like, I remember that day. I want to say that day, it felt like somebody died. Like, it felt like it was a funeral. Like, it didn't make no sense to me because it's like I put everything into trying to achieve one goal, like I wanted to become an Olympic gold medalist and I think I gave it all I got. But now that I look back on it, I did do some wrongs and I did, uh, should have took my discipline a little bit more serious, I guess. But in that moment, that was like the biggest loss in the world. It hurt me so bad, mentally, physically. Um, after that happened, I done took months off because I uh, felt bad for myself. And like I said, I take boxing so serious. so. Being that when when it happened, it just broke my heart. You can see the emotion yeah. for sure. Yeah, I just want to ask you, how did that loss shape you as a person and as a boxer? I think that loss was the best thing that happened to me. Like I think now, I still feel it while I'm in training camp. Well, I don't want to do nothing wrong. I want to make sure I do everything right when I go in, inside the ring and train my hardest and be a hundred percent. I think that my talent kind of got me over to the finals. Now, when I fight, when I get ready for these fights, um, I'm training my hardest. I'm making sure I do everything that I'm supposed to do because I don't like failure. I don't like losing. Like, <laughs> I hate losing. Like That's the worst thing to me. So um, at any fight, you're going to see me do whatever it takes to win. And, bro, you know, we talked to a lot of boxers. We done talked to Bud, Bud Devin Haney. We, yeah. we done talked to all the dudes. And it, it, it's like a – I don't want to say a facade, but it's a thing you need that – thought of what you have to be in the ring and what you have to be to the world. How do you balance all of that? Because the swag got to be there because you about to go in there with, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you you and another grown man about to try to whoop each other's ass. Facts, facts. But that confidence got to be there. But you just said after the Olympic loss, like you had to refocus. What's that like internally saying, okay, I have to be humble with yourself, but also I got to still have this confidence of, there's gonna be another grown man trying to whoop my ass. I got like the privilege to watch other great fighters. So um, after my Olympics, uh, I got to see Andre Ward go in training camp and watch him against Kovalov. And as soon as I seen that, and uh, I watched 
the greatness and, and everything that went on into training camp. I watched the sparrings. I watched some of the training. Um, I knew right then and there, like, get up. Yeah. Get up. <laughs> Forget that you down right now. Forget <laughs> everything that happened. Get up. Um, it's a brighter day. It's a brighter side in front of me. And um, that kind of woke me up and made me like, okay, go to the gym, work hard, and I want to be where Andre Ward was at. Um, I think that was like the pinnacle of his career. That was the biggest moment. Yeah. Me seeing that woke a future legend up, I think that kind of made me hungrier than ever. And uh, like you said, it's somebody across from you that, that want to do the same thing. That that person yeah. want to feed their family yeah. just as much as you want to feed your family. So um, you just got to train hard. Like You got to train very hard. Uh, you got to take boxing serious. It can't just be a... Um, Boxing is not like no disrespect. Seasonal. It's not seasonal. It's mm-hmm. 24-7 boxing, 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 boxing. Um, you can't go out and do things that 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 other people your age probably is doing. Some people do it, some people get away with it, but for me, um, I learned from a lot of the greats. I know like sit down, chill, uh, wait your turn, and uh, you know, as you get older, you'll have a little bit more fun. Waiting your turn is difficult though. Yeah. Right? Especially when you look at this day and age of boxing, which I feel is starting to return to the glory days where you had Leonard, you had Hagler, you had Hearns, and it was all the people you would go see where the the smaller weight classes were where the big fights were. And we're starting to see some of those fights made. And you talk about waking up a future legend. What makes you stand out in this bunch, right? Everybody, you know, the Devin Haney talk, you know, you said, shoot, I bet he won't come back down to 135 and try me. Fact. Why would what makes you so confident in something like that where you could say Devin Haney, who is also undefeated, wouldn't come down and fight you? I've been who I am my whole career. Like I've been like this since I was a kid. Um, I've been a winner. Like really go back and do your homework on who was running like running stuff in the amateurs. Like they ain't gonna cut you for curse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cross the lid. Yeah, yeah, but I'm Talk saying like shit, who was bro. really running shit from like the jump, like I've been, I've been him, like I've been that person. So God ain't bring me this far to bring me this far. So um, I 100% believe in myself. Um, I done put myself in situations, like I'm the type of person, I'm gonna put myself in the craziest situations inside that boxing gym from sparring 47 to 54 pounders and people that's way bigger than me. I'm putting myself in situations that way when the moment come and I'm ready. I'm not running, I'm not folding. However it go, it's gonna go that way. And I'm gonna be 100% prepared for the moment. We talking about waiting for your opportunity to get in the ring. There's a lot of things floating on Instagram where like you in the background, you know, they see you like these memes popping up when you at these fights. It's like, you ready. Yeah. But you know, in 2017, 18 and 19, you had four fights a year. And then it started going down to two fights. And I'm looking at that a few different ways because when you're younger and you're, I don't want to say you weren't proven, you're climbing a ladder, right? Yeah. And then when you're getting good, now you're not getting as many fights, yeah. right? You don't turn down any smoke. I don't see you run away from nobody. Facts. And that's what I love about it. Like you, you, you want action right now. Why do you, th- what do you think it is though? Why, like, why can't you have as many fights now as you were getting, you know, those previous years? If it was up to me, I'll be fighting at least three times a year. I love boxing, I love to fight. Um, I think that's more so a, a top rank question. That's more so a promotional question. You gotta ask 
with top rank, why am I not fighting uh, three times a year? Mm -hmm. Me personally, I'll fight any date they give me. Like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so I can't really give you a, no real uh, answer because I'm not the powers behind right. the scenes. But if it was up to me, I'd be fighting every every weekend. I can see it in your eyes. I can <laughs> definitely see it. I like that question, Fred, because there is, like, it's a business side of it. Yeah. And then it's just it's just young dudes, so it, like, like it's funny we were talking before. Like football, you kind of you get on the team and you do what the team wants. You play yeah. like the schedule's already set. But bro, like you're, uh, I call it your ecosystem. Like you an ecosystem. Like you pay people bills. People live off you. Facts. But the politics of it, and when you're younger, you can fight three times a year. But then you have to lead up to it. Like that transition to a young black man that has to figure out the business side of life. I won't say on the other side, but has to figure out the side. Like if you fight two times a year, you're not as big as a Floyd, who's a friend of ours. Yeah. So figuring out that, figuring out the business side of what you are as a, a, a entity, as a business, as a and business, that's what your yeah. name brings right For now. Sure. You're a business. Have you figured out that? And how, how is it hard to navigate that? I'm still in the process of learning every single thing on Next year, my contract is up with Top Rank, so then we're going we gonna to see where we go from there. If Top Rank want to up the, the numbers, because price is going to go up regardless. Price, price always go up. Yeah, price is going to go up regardless. <laughs> so uh, we're going to see, but as of like, when you're talking like the business aspect, I'm just sitting back, I'm learning right now. I'm taking my notes, doing my homework on like the older people and what they've done in their situations. And um, like I said, that's another fight in with within itself. So yeah. I want to be prepared for that when the time comes. But as of right now, we got to focus on November the 16th with uh, yeah. Edwin. We yeah. got a guy in front of us that want to beat me so bad. So I got to stay focused on him. Yeah, speaking of that, you know, because we've been talking about making fights. You had a fight that was supposedly supposed to happen with Frank Martin that <laughs> didn't even get signed, right? The contract is sent. It's not signed. I don't know how much of that you could share but what is that like for a fighter where it's a fight that people seemingly want, that we think is going to be a good fight, that sets people up for the next step? We hear about it for a week, Saturday comes, and it's over. What are the steps in that happening, and how, how much does that affect you? That was so frustrating. Like, that frustrated me so much. Just being the fact that they... Because, honestly, Frank Martin was a guy that never was on my list. I never really thought about Frank Martin. Just because he never really done nothing in the sport of boxing. Like, Frank Martin may come up right now, it's Earl Spence. He's under Earl Spence. So we all know Frank Martin through Earl Spence. But truth be told, like, I never really had him on a list of people that I wanted to fight. So when the public, once the fight got accepted, the public got excited. Yeah. Everybody got excited. I'm sitting back, I'm like, okay, so they think this is going to be a test then. I'm, I'm in the gym training hard and I'm ready. Like, <laughs> let's make it happen. Okay, let's do it. That's what I like to see. Right. And um, it fell out. That, that, that was more so on Frank Martin's part. Um, I, I, I know the details. The details, um, I done put it out there already enough. Um, a lot of people get to see. Um, he came up with his own excuses, but that wasn't. Y'all understand boxing. Y'all know the business. Uh, Y'all know if somebody accept the fight, and say, okay, we're going to fight, and then pull out of the fight, Who, whose side is it? Yep. I would never accept the fight and say, oh, no, I'm not fighting, because he already accepted it. What, what did you accept it for? 
Meaning somebody on your team must have felt, okay, it's time, let's make this fight happen. Or they was more so ready, but I think maybe he had a little cold feet. No, that's real. Like I mean, but that's the but that's the other thing that's different about our sport as opposed to yours. Other people make our schedule, right? You play the the teams that are on your schedule, and there's a way that that works, and they set it up for you guys. It is accepting fights. It is putting yourself in the best position to continue to ascend. For you, is there ever a time, or has there ever been a time where there was a fight on the table, and you were like, Nah, I don't really want to fight that guy. Or was it always, if this the next guy, the best up, I'm going to take him? Like I said before, um, when I say I've been home, I've been in the amateur system where you got to show up and you don't know who you fighting. And it's all. And when you go to nationals and worlds and Olympics, you're showing up to tournaments and stuff like that. You don't know who you fighting. You're just getting prepared and trying to be the best person at the tournament. My entire career, uh, even when you ask people in the boxing world, of fighters, I done sparred with everybody. I done went to, I done traveled four hours and five hours just to go spar with the best people that I could find to spar with. So, um, nah, it ain't never been no time where I'm like, oh, we don't want to fight that guy because that guy is the guy. Uh, yeah. It's not time yet. Nah, it ain't never been that with me because I, once again, I, I believe in myself. Like, I believe. I love that. 100%. You put me in front of any fighter that's fighting the same weight class as me, I'm going to beat you. I love that. Because yeah. I train harder than you. We've had a bunch of boxers on the show, and they say touch. They're like, yeah, I had to touch him. Errol, we had Errol on the show before. Yeah. We had Bud on the show. We had a bunch of guys on the show. And then I went and touched him. But you're talking about, like, the, the, the Olympics where you just got to go whoop, whoop anybody's yeah. ass that walks in front of you. The best people. The, the best. The anything. best of the best. Does it help you to know who you're fighting? Because then you strategize, then you get your 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 perfect sparring partner. If he's a jabber, you get a jabber and all that. Or when you going to fight somebody, you got to stay inside yourself and whoop somebody's ass. Nah, I think now like it's a whole different ball game than like the amateurs, because the the professionals now you get to see the person you fighting. Um, I never really watched tape. My last fight was the first fight I actually sat down and looked at somebody that I was fighting. Uh, and that's the fight everybody act like that wasn't a, um, you a good opponent. You wore his ass up. Yeah, but I looked at him. <laughs> I seen him. And then when I got in the ring, he was the same person I watched on film. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this. <laughs> you know, I prepared for it. So yeah, I think yeah. that it definitely helped. Now, being that I'm a professional, I get um, a certain amount of time to get ready for somebody once a contract is signed. And uh, honestly, I think it make it a lot easier. That was kind of what I was asking, to be able to see what you're what's coming. Yeah. That helps that much when you can really break down a guy and get sparring partners that fights the way the fights the way he fights and now you can prepare for that. Yeah, but honestly with the sparring partners part it's going to be hard to find certain people. Mm -hmm. uh, as you get higher in the level like it's going to be hard to find certain styles that's going to be the same style of the dude you fighting just because um Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. 
therapy. Like they probably gonna be nine times out of ten better, or uh, maybe the person you sparring may even be better. So it's like uh, I don't know, like that sparring stuff. I I believe you can get people to try to give you that look. Yeah. But honestly, you you just gotta prepare to the best of your um, ability, regardless. You know, watching film, making things easier for you. You have two legendary boxers in your corner. Yeah. Seems that they see something in you. Yeah. Maybe they saw in themselves talking about Bud and, and Floyd. How have they helped you and your progression that have allowed you to get to the point to where you are now? I can't let you say Bud and Floyd, two boxers, and not say Andre Ward. Well, I apologize. Because Andre yeah. Ward, he's like the person who kind of like, uh -huh. since a, a, a kid, since a young pup, uh, he been helping me in um, business or no business. Um, Andre Wood been right there in my corner okay. with any questions. Like I probably ask him the most questions out of anybody. Right. But Bud been right there with me. Um, me and Floyd, we we started getting close over the last um, year and a half or so. I think that's like a little cheat code that right. I had like my entire career, right. where I could run to other great fighters and um, they could look after me. And um, you can ask them any question you want. And uh, when it gets hard, uh, Andre Ward and Bud and uh, Floyd been a lot of people that been right there in my corner. So. You said they help you. We hear your daughter in the back, you know, doing the daughter thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how has she helped you? Because, you know, business and work, that can get stressful. You know, and now you're trying to get fights and, you know, you want to show people that you are what you believe you are. And uh, shit can get stressful, and sometimes we have to go back to our loved ones to kind of bring us back to reality and let us know things are gonna be okay. How has your baby girl helped you? I think she came right on time. Like, that was something that kind of uh, woke me up, uh, seeing my baby girl and knowing that I want to make sure she's straight for the rest of her life and never got to worry about nothing. Right. It kind of brought me to a level where I want to lock in as much as possible. Um, like I said, do all the right things. And then when the time come, uh, be prepared for the biggest moment. So um, she kind of put an extra little battery in my back and right. make me work a lot harder. When I'm uh, doing my runs, I'm thinking about my daughter. When I'm hitting the bag, when I'm got a sparring day, I'm thinking about my daughter. Um, I know that if I do what I'm supposed to do over these next um, couple of years, uh, she ain't never gonna have to worry about anything. Right. And um, I'm gonna make sure she's straight. I was gonna ask, cause it, 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 ain't, it ain't like that. You gonna have to whoop somebody's ass. You got a daughter now. Yeah. Like, when your daughter grows up and she's beautiful, I, I keep asking to hold her. Nobody gonna let me hold her. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's not gonna let me hold the baby. I wanna hold the baby. You can't fight normal humans. You can't fight normal human beings. Nah. And I don't think I can either, because I have a 12-year-old, I mean, I have a 10-year-old daughter who's about to be 11. You're going to have to whoop somebody's ass sooner or later for your baby. You're going to put your you going to put hands on a 13-year-old? I ain't going to lie. I, I might have to, like, worry about it once the moment happens. Because, like, right now, my answer is going to be, like, I might be I might be the dad that was off of, oh... Uh, What's the show with Will Smith and uh, Bad Boys? Bad yeah. Boys. Yeah. When, when, when Reggie be, come to the door, yeah, I might have to be that <laughs> for sure. Like I can't, I don't know. I, I can't even think past the age she is right now because yeah. I know it's gonna get harder and harder. 
And I'm just, I'm, I'm scared for that moment. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our daughters need to hang out together. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we ain't got to whoop nobody's ass. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm gonna let you whoop their ass, so I can stay out of it. Speaking of your daughter now, and thinking about where you want to go in your career, and how going there in your career sets her up to have a better life than you had. You're named, or your name comes from Tupac Shakur. Yeah. Right. And you know, but part of starting to fight was that you're from a big family. Yeah. You have a lot of siblings. Yep. And it was, okay, I want to get my family out of these situations, out of those circumstances. As you're continuing to move up in your career and you're able to help with those things and you're able to be that sort of provider, how much pride do you have in that knowing where you started? It's so hard to like look back. I am happy that I done achieved a lot of the things that I uh, put my mind into um, doing. Because uh, like you said, when I came up, it was always, I want to get my mother out the churches. I want to get yeah. my little brothers and sisters. I want to make sure that they straight. Um, but we here now, like we good. Everything <laughs> good. Uh, I've been doing my thing as far as when it comes to boxing and um, yeah. being a leader to my family. Yeah. Taking my entire family and putting them on my back and uh, you know just putting us in position. Um, now I think it's just new. New goals, new stuff come with it. Mm -hmm. My daughter got here. She's definitely one of my biggest motivations. Honestly, seeing like a lot of the people like Floyd and um, Bud and Andre Ward, just seeing them through their lives and seeing like what they're able to do for their families and provide for their families, um, it just gives me like a more of a motivation to want to be where they at. Just keep providing and keep doing what I'm doing. Bro, I had to ask, because I always tell the story. My sign about my first my first check, I went in the third round. My yeah. first check was uh, $588,000 out of Texas. And I remember sitting in the car and looking at a half a million dollar check and just crying, calling my sister, calling my mama. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I told the story before. What was that moment for you when, like, what was the number? What was that check that you were like, this is, this is, like, generational decisions that has to be made with this money. This is changing my daughters, my mom, my sister, my brothers. This is changing our life. I thought like that when I made like my first M. Like when I first made my first M, I'm like... You saw a million? Yeah. When I, when I first saw an M, I'm like, yeah. This is different. Like it just felt different. Like I, it felt like I made it. But then it comes like, God, taxes is everything. <laughs> you gotta pay the corner people. You gotta pay. You gotta pay your chef. You gotta pay all these people. So it's like you just start to learn a little bit more about money and learn yeah. like, okay, you gotta take care of your money, take care of all your money, and um, that's what I'm in the process of uh, doing. Um, I'm just trying to stack up, and one day I I'll probably be one of the richest people ever. <laughs> that's <laughs> one you, of my plans. But you know, fig you figured it out now. You you know what yeah. a million is, and that's the funny thing is that like that five eighty eight. That initially was seven, I think it was like 750. Yeah. And then I saw 750 become 588. And I was yeah. like, who the fuck is FICA? <laughs> who, you know what I'm saying? Like I saw, I saw the taxes side of it. So Man. like, is that is that a thing that young dudes that make money, young boxers that make money have to figure out? For sure, because when I found out, I was so mad. Like I was hot. And the thing is, too, my grandfather been telling me years about Uncle Sam. Yeah. Like he been saying Uncle Sam gonna come and tap your pockets and talk. He be talking mad stuff. I thought he was just talking, but um, when I finally realized it was when I had to pay the taxes. I'm like, I gotta pay this much money. Like, 
what the like how like where did this come in at why why do i have to pay this much and, yeah um, i was hot i was mad but um as you started making more money you started to realize okay it's gonna be more to come yeah. If, if I can give you any advice, it would be to take care of Uncle Sam first, then yeah. take care of yourself. I yeah, because he's he going to get, get his it. anyway. He's going to get it no For matter sure. what. What are your interests and in hobbies outside of boxing? And then are there any business uh, endeavors that you're you know, looking into? I'll be trying to get into like certain things with the business. But I be feeling like certain things be taking taking me away from boxing. Yeah, so thing. when I get into that and it's like, oh, nah, I got to get my focus back on point and stay focused on what's more important and what's going to provide and feed my family. And um, I, I was talking with somebody else. They kind of gave me the advice to put everything into that. And then when your career is over, you'll be able to venture yeah, out and, and look and, and do a lot more things. But um Honestly, I think I'm just more so in the stacking mode, like stack up and mm -hmm. stay focused on boxing. But um, as far as hobbies outside of boxing, I, I'm like a competitor. I like to compete at a bunch of stuff. So I'll probably play ping pong. <laughs> I'll play basketball. Honestly, after this, I, I told Bud I want to do a, a flag football game with his you team. Nice my field, though? You think you got I used I used to play safety. For sure? Yeah, back in the day. You weren't hitting nobody, though. I, that's what I used to do best. <laughs> yeah? For sure. RC plays safety. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, only the best. See, but, you only know, we, we look at RC came in. He wasn't totally undersized, but he wasn't a big safety. He was smart. Yeah. And I'm looking at your frame. I'm like, boy, I'll give you some business right now. Yeah. If you had to tackle me. Sure. But, you know, what, what, all right, so Fred, on the field, you play safety. Don't, don't get in that ring with him, though. He's going to knock oh, your no, ass I out. I ain't getting in the ring with him. I ain't crazy. He's going to knock your ass out. He's going to hit me 28 times to my two. Nah, but, um, like, what would have been your, um, your, your assets on the field? It'd probably be my IQ, for sure. Yeah. But, like, when I play safety, I was a hell of a safety until our championship game. Like, our championship game, I kind of, uh, I did some BS. Hold up. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing championship game, doing BS. Now I'm thinking 2016 Rio championship. What, 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 what's, what is it with the championships? I don't know. I don't know. Uh -oh. like that, but don't, don't think that now. Like, I'm nah, a whole, nah, nah. I know you're solid. I'm a whole I know you, different you, person. You focused on it now. But yeah. those two, how do those two moments correlate? It was just a learning process with, with the boxing. I think with football, um, it was just something I was doing and I was having fun. Yeah. But I got tricked. Like, like the last play of the game, I want to say I got uh, tricked because I'm at safety. So I'm like the last option. And they kind of did like a little uh, reverse. It got me so good. <laughs> I'm thinking the running back is going up the field with the ball. I'm looking over here. This man got the ball. He running up the field. <laughs> and by the time I realized it, it was too late. So the last uh, touchdown kind of happened because of me. But um, like I said, football was more so a sport. It wasn't just my fault because my coach was doing a lot of BS too. Uh-oh. Yeah, he was kind of. Don't, don't do that now. My coach don't, was. He, cool. Don't start blaming it on the coach now. Nah, he believed in the other player a little bit too much. That's what I feel like. He believed in the player a little bit too much. What but, I get from it is, you got to watch film. When sure. you watch film, you that much better. Yeah, watch yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think them two different moments, I think with the um, Rio situation, it was just, I probably got a little big-headed. Right. Feeling like I was just that dude. You already done it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And once I got in that moment, um, I, I believed in myself 100%. 
but I didn't have like the um, training preparation to back it up. I ain't feel like I trained as hard as I should have. Right. I think that was more so the the main thing. Is that where young boxers will 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 fall? Like they have a little success, but that big picture, the big picture of it is that is that where great becomes? I mean, good becomes great. A lot of the like young boxers, I think the main thing is to um, stay in the gym. I think that when you start getting like success, um, you kind of get drifted off, and uh, it becomes so much things that come up that'll take you away from boxing. So I think like with the younger generation, I think that they should uh, stay in tune with the boxing, keep boxing first, but um, don't get big headed. Like don't feel like you yeah. too big to train or don't feel like you too uh, good to um, train harder than the next person because uh, you could have all the talent in the world uh, as we know it, but hard work will be talent. If you watch a young boxer, how long does it take you to know like he's special? It'd take me two seconds. To see a guy box and say, yes. oh, he got something. I done been around a lot of great young fighters who I done like took under my wing and uh, you could see them now. Like I ain't gonna need to get them no names. They know who, like who they is. And I knew like, I knew that they were special when I done come over here with me. Yeah. We about to do this, we about to do that. Like I knew right then and there, like they was already special fighters, so. Am I too old? To box? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bro, like, when, I mean, it's depending on what you want to do, though. Like, if you want to learn how to fight. Ass. But, like, you ain't, you ain't trying to get in the ring with no Canelos and none of them type dudes. I'm about 260. Who I got to fight? Wilder. And all, you feel me? I don't want to fight him. Chill. Chill. Right Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, man. And as it always is, bro, we still partner with DraftKings and they still trying to give folks these $200 in bonus bets. Any new customer signing up right now, use the promo code adjust, place a $5 bet, you get $200 in bonus bets. And fellas, if you don't win a bet, you have a no sweat bet. If that bet doesn't hit, you get a bonus bet on top of that. Like you say, RC, they're going to keep us in the game. Hey, my job is easy. RC said it. Channing said it. All you need is this. Hey, and if the sports book isn't in your area, don't worry. You can still make money with DraftKings Daily Fantasy. Go get it. Listen, DraftKings Sportsbook. Get your mobile app out. Download it right now. Any new customer using the promo code adjust place a $5 bet. You get $200 in bonus bets. Back to the show. Shakur, the place in my life where I started to feel good about football was when I could look across the, the field or after the game, coaches coming up to me, other players coming up to me, or if the OGs would say, hey, man, I watched you play. I love your game. And like now, even in this business, when you get people that have done it for a long time and that, that have excelled, who look at the work I'm doing and say, hey, man, I love what you're doing, man. Keep it up. Keep representing. It's this, I would figure it's the same thing for boxing. You looked up to Andre Ward. Yeah. Now Andre Ward is, is your OG. Yeah. Bud Crawford, one of the best fighters, I think, to have ever lived, is someone that also is in your corner, the Floyd Mayweathers. What are some of the conversations like with those people who have reached those heights of success about staying humble 
as you are continuing to become one of the best fighters in the world? It's a lot of conversation. Like, it's so many different conversations that I done had. When I say with Bud, um, I learned a lot more from watching Bud. Like, I was around Bud a lot of my career coming up. Um, I got to see what he done done outside the ring or how, like, Bud, like, people don't even know how confident Bud is. Oh, we know. Like, his confidence is crazy <laughs> through the roof. Like, but the thing is, too, like, I done seen him do so many different things where I see, like, his confidence, it make him who he is. So um, just picking up on that uh, definitely tells me um, keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, the conversation I done had with Andre Wood, Andre Wood done been in my head. He done, t he done showed me how to do every little trick to make sure that I'm doing all the right things to stay ready for my fights. And I appreciate him. I appreciate Bud. Uh, them dudes definitely helped me out in my career. And um, I'm glad I got, like, them in my life. Before this started, you know, I saw you, you know, the relationship you've had with Bud. And so I just hit him up, like, hey, man, what's some questions? If you were interviewing Shakur, <laughs> what's some questions you would have? One question he told me to ask you was, how do you feel you've been marketed and promoted thus far in your career? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've been uh, marketed pretty well mm -hmm. uh, and promoted pretty well. I think that I, I do a good job um, marketing and promoting myself. I'm good at like putting my my business out there. I'm good at selling uh, the biggest fights. Put me put me in one of the biggest fights. I bet you that I have so many different people wanting to watch just because of what I done said or what I done told them. So right. the difference is like I'm not like one of the people that don't believe in what I'm selling. Like I really truthfully tell y'all right now that I think that I'm the best fighter in boxing. That's my opinion. I believe that. You know, the world got their choice whether they want to follow it or, um, but they gonna see. This is one I'm, I'm interested in. So I don't know a lot about the different skills of boxing like that, right? I remember going into Spence and Crawford, we sat with Errol and Channing asked him about boxing IQ. And Errol basically said, it's not just, it's not that people think he's smarter than me, it's that people think he's more talented than me. And then now, that Bud has ascended into like the consciousness of the world. Now you're like, oh, dude could throw a football. Oh, he could wrestle. He could hoop. But he right. could do all these right. things. Right, so, right, yeah, but he's been doing yeah. all of those things. But like, that, I think that's part of it, to be able to do all of these different things. He told me to ask you again. This is, this is the Bud Crawford section <laughs> or session of the show. <laughs> if there was one skill you'd be willing to lose and still fight, what would it be? Whether it's Oof. power, defense, footwork. Ooh. What's the one skill you'd give up and still be a fighter? Power. Really? <laughs> why, why, why power, though? Do you feel like you could just go out and outpoint people with the rest of your skills, or you could beat them and hit them enough and wear them down enough to where you don't need that one-punch knockout power? If I got, like, all the skills in the world, I got speed, I got everything else, um, I can... I probably could hit you and move around all day and still beat you just because I got the IQ to do it. So um, I probably give up power, but I wouldn't want to give up nothing. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to give up anything. That, that was going to be my answer for you. <laughs> yeah, you you don't have to give up nothing. Tell Bud, chill out. Yeah. Uh, we usually ask our guests what's their biggest pivot in life. 
yeah. you know, the moment in life that helped you become the person you are. But I think you, you, you've already told us with Rio, yeah. you know, you, you learn to be humble, refocus and, and, and develop mental toughness. Yeah. And you mentioned your daughter. Yeah. So I won't ask you that, but I will ask you this. Your three boxer hit lists, like who would you like to fight? I think there's like one fight that I really want to fight. Is one fighter that? out there that I, I think will be the biggest fight and I think that we should make it happen. Um, I think Tank, I think that's like the biggest and best fight in the world. Um, they gonna tell you that I, I ain't do enough. Uh, I haven't fought nobody or whatever they gonna tell you. Um, but honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm just ready for the moment. Right. Can that fight get made while you're on top rank? I think anything is possible. Um, I think Tyson Fury was with Top rank when Wilder fought him. Okay. I think Bud was with um, top rank when he fought Sean Porter. Mm -hmm. I think that anything is possible, but um, like I said, my contract over next year. So once my contract over, I still, I, I'll be available. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's all on tank to uh, say that he want to fight me. Is that what boxing need? Going back to Roy Jones' statement where he said the best should fight the best. Does boxing need to see that? I think boxing been seeing it lately. I think lately yeah. we've been getting a lot of the best fighting the best fights. And um, yeah, I think that's what it needs. I think that's uh, keeping the sport relevant. I think that's keeping the sport alive. So um, I just can't wait for my opportunity. Like I'm waiting on my opportunity to get in that, that big fight and get in front of the world and be able to show the world who I truly am. You know, in November, you have an opportunity to again, put your stamp on the boxing world. and. Anytime I've got an opportunity to see you fight, it's just such a high level of skill, a high level of confidence. And, you know, I get, okay, the Frank Martin fight's not made. Everybody was excited about it. Now it's Edwin De Los Santos, and this is a fighter in his last three fights. He's been impressive. And you know how it is. They're going to come up and say, okay, this is the one that's going to beat Shakur. He's fighting well. When you look at this fight, what sort of statement do you feel like you need to make on that night? I need them to know that I'm here. This will be my second fight at 135. I want the world to, to understand, like, I'm that guy. Um, I'm the best. I want to prove that I'm the best fighter in the division. So um, Edwin Dollar Santos, I'm not taking nothing away from him. He's a great fighter. I know he's going to come well prepared. But uh, at the end of the day, he got to stand across from me. And when you stand across from me, he better be fully prepared because I'm training my ass off for this dude. I'm not playing with this dude. I'm not taking him lightly. Uh, I think this, we, to me, this is the biggest fight mm. of my career just because of the fact that um, now it's a lot of eyes on me. So let's show them. But you know what it is too, though. Like when you start, like you keep talking about SS, right? Yeah. I got the best business. I got the best brand. Like when you see me out there, you know what it is. I'm, I'm the top dog. Well, the way boxing works is it's not just about winning. It's about how you win. For sure. You know, you can win a fight like Devin Haney against Lomachenko and everybody takes a step back from what they thought was great about you. So going into a fight with Edwin after some fights haven't been made, you saying you want to fight with Tank Davis, you saying you want to fight with Devin Haney, don't you feel you have to dominate Edwin? Like you got to go out and show that I am levels and levels above this fighter? For sure. Yeah. Like, that comes with this. This the pressure I put on myself. Um, I feel 
pressure either bust pipes or it makes diamonds. That moment not gonna scare me. Like I'm not scared. I'm I'm here. Yeah. Uh, I hope everybody is tuned in. I hope everybody is watching. Um, the more people watching is the more I'm gonna be turned up. Um, I enjoy it. I like the pressure. Put the pressure on me. Um, let's make it happen. Like I I, I ain't tripping. Uh, I'm training my ass off once again. Uh, I, I believe in myself. And um, come on, pull y'all uh, notebooks out and judge me. Let's see what y'all got to say. You on Thursday night now. People ain't gonna watch the Bengals to watch you fight? Man, Thursday night is a great <laughs> night for me, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, bro, you know, do you know you holding down for us light skinned fellas? What? You gotta hold it down for us light skinned fellas. That boy ain't light skinned? He's. He's not light skinned? No, Channing. He's red! Channing. That me and him, bro. Bro, Channing. He just got nice hair. Obama. Who else? There's about four of y'all. Bro, you gotta hold it down for us. Steph Curry, Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Yeah. Bro, you gotta hold it down for us light skinned dudes because they fighting now. We fighting now. We in a battle nobody know we in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said. Pull y'all notebooks out. I'm ready. <laughs> Judge me. I'm here. Man, I just love your mindset, bro. And I just want to wish you the best. I ain't got shit else to say. Thank you. I'm I always rooting it. for you. It's funny to me to see you on social media, you know, in the back, just waiting for your shot. Yeah. And I, I fucking love that, man. Yeah. Keep it up, bro. You hey, before what? the show end, though, when y'all talk to Bud, ask Bud who his favorite boxer is. <laughs> I will do so. But uh, I do have one last question, though. I got you. And I thought Freddie T was going to ask it, but we like to get this because the show is the pivot. Yeah. And we want to talk about the different ways or the different things that have happened in our guests' lives that either motivated them to be better, that made them change certain things in their lives, or sent their lives in a trajectory that helped them get to this point. So my question would be, what was your biggest pivot? Whether it's the, you know, whether it's Rio, whether it's deciding to box, having a baby, whatever it is, what do you think has been the biggest pivot in your life that's helped you be focused the way you are now? I think Rio for sure was the biggest pivot. Um, like I said, I hate losing. Like losing is like one of the worst things in the world for me. Um, coming up, I like I, y'all done seen me cry and all that. Like everybody done seen me. My, I put my flaws on my sleeve. Like I'm yeah. not running away from my flaws. So I think that Olympic moment woke me up. Like it woke up a monster. I think that now everybody who got to deal with me is in for it. So uh, just be prepared. I'm ready to show everybody. I love it, man. Listen, man, early November, man, we look forward to watching you do what you've always done. Uh, watching you do what you have a passion for. And I think as an athlete or a former athlete, because I can't do nothing no more. When I get to see somebody, though, living in their purpose, man, living in their passion and taking it seriously with the discipline that you do, like those are the things I love. Those are the people I love to see succeed, bro. We appreciate you sitting down with us. And hopefully when the big fight comes again, after you win this big for fight sure. and you get a bigger one, we sit down and chop it up about we that. We Appreciate sure. you. We there, man. Yeah, I, I need some tickets. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> love, brother. Hey, that's your brother. Top rate for ESPN. I got you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need tickets. Yeah, top rate for ESPN. I got you for that. I can't buy these chains. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I fought the head to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I fought the head to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up.